Welcome, folks, to another episode of A Pint with Shawnee B. Thank you all again, as always, for your continued support of the podcast. Numbers are getting bigger now, and uh, we've had reviews, and generally it seems to be being well-received, which was always the intention. Anyway, please keep sharing, and where possible, it would be great if you could leave a little review, especially on iTunes. Apparently they like that sort of thing. Today's podcast is very interesting because we're going to be talking an awful lot about food that we eat and nutrition. I'm coming to you today from Sarajevo, the home of one of my good friends, Amala O'Reilly, who is one of the leading nutritional lights in the Balkans. She's actually from Sarajevo, Bosnia-Herzegovina, where I am, and she is also the mother of my godchild, Liam. Hello, Liam, if you're listening. I have mummy on the show. So welcome to the podcast, Amala O'Reilly. Well, thank you for having me, Sean Boyle. Um, It's a pleasure, as always, to talk to you, and particularly on the subject that's very close to my heart. Why don't we start by you explaining what you actually do now? Okay. Well, I do wear a few hats, but they all lead to my uh, main love and passion, which is nutrition. So I work as a nutritional therapist, so I advise people on correct diets depending on their lifestyle, achievements they want to get to, I suppose, where they want to be in the future. So if they're athletes or sports people, where they they see themselves in the future, if they're sick people with uh, serious diseases like cancer, osteoporosis, fertility issues, and I work a lot with children. It's a trend now, and it's becoming more than a trend that started with obesity with children. So in Bosnia and Herzegovina, where we're right now, every fourth child is obese. And really? to me, that's very frightening, which used, didn't used to be like that at all. I mean, we used to look at, yeah. you know, Westerners, we look at Americans or Australians and mm-hmm. think, dear God, you know, look, you know, how, what's the, yes, the state <laughs> of themselves, yeah. you know, what they did to themselves, unfortunately. As the trend travels, we adopted those bad Western diet habits, which is fast food, processed food, in our kitchens, on the plates of our children. So that's my biggest fear, and that's where I put a lot of effort and energy to work with. I'm one of uh, Jamie Oliver ambassadors for Bosnia-Herzegovina, so in that respect, I work a lot with children as well. School food as well as well as exactly it's huge and here in Bosnia, uh, uh, unfortunately, government hasn't done much to make any changes in that respect. But there's a lot of individual efforts. There's a lot of uh, smart people who are willing to make a difference. My favorite schools right now is the Bloom School, and their example of a school I would like to see everywhere in the world who are sustainable and locally sourced food. So for example, those kids eat mainly organic food. And here in Bosnia, Herzegovina, we can afford that. It's not something expensive. So eating seasonal and local is quite available, achievable, achievable yeah. exactly, because with the climate we have, which is very versatile, we can grow everything. And mm. we have a good source of meat and fish, dairy, chicken and eggs. So we're very lucky in that respect. Why did we let ourselves get into this spiral of obesity and diabetes we did it because it's easy i suppose the right word would be lack of personal responsibility which i see everywhere mm-hmm. and i lived in different parts of the world and wherever i've been it's very much the same people don't want to take the personal responsibility for their health we mm-hmm. want somebody else to do that for us we want system we want government schools health education system 
medical system, the pharmaceutical system, and none of these systems are in favour of our health. They really don't benefit from us being healthy. It's quite the opposite. The sicker we are, the richer these um, pharmaceutical and agricultural. They're two biggest industries in the world. Mm. They can really push the laws in their favour. But you were even saying to me the other day that you were getting pushback from some parents in the schools. Well, you have to remember that children have no right to say in most of the aspects of their life except when it comes to food. That's the only tool of manipulation. So in order for them to express their emotion, uh, their attitude, they'll do that through the food. So take a little baby when when he or she spits the food. Mm. She does that in kind of... Rebellion. Exactly. It's a rebellious act. They're trying to say something because, you know, as the young ones, they they don't have words to do that as they progress. They, again, they don't have power over decision-making. But with the food, they can do that. So they can just say, I'm not eating this. They can throw the food. They can spill the food. They can do all those things in a way to tell us I'm not happy. So often it's not a question of food itself it's the state of the child so when you see that that children when parents are making fuss about it it's because children refuse to eat and mm-hmm. they don't tend to refuse to eat food at school it's more so it's food at home but then how do the why would would that not be a good thing for parents like what are they giving out of that well you see because again it's responsibility yeah it's a lack of responsibility they the want they exactly want, they don't want to be kind of seem to be pilloried for not giving their kids the right food. And exactly. So they what make you excuses of exactly. Right? And often what I say to parents is, for, don't forget that you're a mirror of everything in yeah. terms of manners. So in terms of eating habits. So yeah. if I refuse to eat broccoli, I can't expect my son to eat broccoli either because I'm his. I'm example to him in every possible way. So this is what's happening with parents. They don't have time. It's the main thing that parents say to me. I really don't have time to cook. I have no time to eat. I have no time to chew my food or think how much water have I taken during the day. And that reflects on children very much so. I mean, I presume I was like any kid uh, being rebellious when I was younger um, on my food. But I was also have memories of being force-fed vegetables and not allowed to leave the table unless I eat them. And if I get sick, I'm going to have to eat my sick and stuff like that. And so as soon as I got old enough, I went, right. And I now don't really eat cabbage and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts, which taste like death and all that kind of stuff. So, I'm, you know, you you advise me sometimes, but I'm quite picky. A lot of children are like that, and that's a problem. We force feed them. And it comes to any other behavioral issue if you force anything on children you'll get the opposite effect my way of dealing with children is show them first of all where the food comes from they have to have awareness how the food is produced who produced that food so get in touch with that farmer and really talk about the food so in schools we talk a lot about food production how important that is uh, the quality of food production and then preparations how the food should be prepared in which way and then we go further on and then we talk about chewing food. So the whole process, it's not just like, you know, there is a plate of food, eat it. Mm. It's really the, the awareness of the whole process is very much there. Mm. And once they have that, you can be assured they will eat their meat and their meal in front of them because they have responsibility as well. And, you know, they like to be responsible. Yeah. Children like responsibility. And on the other side, are you educating them against why junk food is bad for you and do you do that again exactly again responsibility Mm -hmm. if they eat that junk food they're responsible for the effects of that junk food Mm -hmm. in their bodies so you can't just say you know mom and dad you made me that mcdonald's or the burger king no it's your decision as well of course as you as a young child i i you had no choice of in it but as i said to you 
food is the only element where they can manipulate us as, as adult parents. So, and they use it very wisely. Trust me, kids are very smart people. Um, I, um, as you know, have... I mean, I'd be a sceptical of this a lot of my life and also a really poor advert for eating and living healthily. I've been drinking a lot. I still smoke cigarettes. And I used to eat a lot of fast food. And then... Serial Killers, my friend Donald O'Neill, who I hope to have on the show at some point, um, made a documentary a couple of years ago about the food we eat and this battle uh, from the 60s that, that basically governed the food types and the food pyramid in America, mm -hmm. which was a battle between sugar and fat. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it is now hitting us back because uh, yourself and myself are a generation of those children who are raised on grains on cereals you know you think of the breakfast and it was cereal of some form and yeah. it was advertised as you've all known coming from that yeah. part um, how important it is to eat our cereals in the morning and mm. you know with the milk and apropos that I think we are moving back to the direction of eating healthier well awareness is there so we're realizing now that grains were the worst thing that were introduced into our diet so why are grains bad for us? For so many reasons. Number one, they're part of our diet for the last 200 years. So we're still adapting to grains. Grains equal sugar. So when you digest grains, any type of grains, whole grain, partially grained, um, brown, bread. brown bread, white bread. We were talking about this morning, we had the, um, a basket of bread in front. Was one was very much brown, dark bread, and one was white. And you were asking me, what's the difference? You know, The difference is in how fast that grain is digested. So if it's a whole grain... The, the sugar in that grain will be digested slower, uh, so we wouldn't get that sugar rush in our body, so insulin levels won't rise so high. But end product is sugar. So if you don't use that sugar, so if you're not an athlete, you're not a sports person, you're, you're not you're using that sugar in physical form, that's going to be retained in your body in some form, and you're going to gain weight. Mm. One of the uh, uh, um, reasons is we don't want to eat so many grains. We don't use them, so our ancestors used grains because they were more physically active. We are a sedentary generation. We sit, which is another big problem in modern lifestyle. Mm. We don't move enough. And when we move, you know, we sit for seven, eight hours a day, and then we go to gym for an hour and think we're great, which is quite opposite. So, much, so many research has come lately and saying it's, you, we might as well not exercise. That hour doesn't make any difference in our metabolic rate. It's more important to move through the day as frequent as possible and all these new companies from Facebook, Google, Yahoo are creating these smart tables for their Stand staff exactly yeah. where the table moves up every five minutes to make you get yeah. up and work right. or you can work standing up. So, Just to be clear though, the USDA uh, food pyramid says we should be eating mostly grains. Yes. That, that is, again, the, bottom, that is yeah. the big platform at the bottom. Well, the back to that power. Agriculture industry is so powerful. Oh. They'll make you they'll make you eat what yeah. makes most money for them so one side is the sugar the other side that we didn't adapt to eating grains so you have a lot of people in different parts of the world who genetically haven't adapted to eating grains and we have this problem with as you know celiac disease and intolerance to wheat and gluten intolerance which mm. became very in thing for some people it's a very serious disease I mean celiac disease is a very serious, serious and it should be taken very seriously I know that it's very trendy to say you know I'm gluten intolerant yeah. and so in so you know people go into the restaurants and go you know I can't eat this or that and if it's a gluten yeah because everyone about five years ago was lactose intolerant now everyone no one ever hears about lactose intolerant but all gluten intolerant <laughs> 
Yes, it's it's it became well. It's just again awareness. People it's are also just, marketing. Absolutely, yeah. creating you know, a fan. Absolutely, and again, industry is using that very wisely. And for people who you know gluten intolerant, it's not about eating gluten free food. It's about using proper food and. It's really going back to the roots, how our, how we used to eat hundreds and hundreds of years ago, which is really quality protein and plenty of vegetables with adding good essential fatty acids. And we moved so far from that. Well, it was interesting with serial killers. So it is serial with a C rather than an S. Let's see what he did there, serial killers. And I was actually consulting, and we do a little bit about the way my background and yours butt up against each other because mm-hmm. of the role advertising has played yes. in all this, which we'll get to later. But yes. In serial killers, the basic point was back in the 50s and 60s, there were these two scientists and one guy said, you know, the reason that America is becoming unhealthy and fat is because of we're eating too much sugar. And somebody else said, no, it's because we're eating too much fat. Correct. And the guy who said we're eating too much fat kind of won. Yes. And the other guy was belittled and, you know, almost lost his kind of credential in, in, exactly, in, yes. in medicine. And, you know, meanwhile, the, the USDA goes, as you said, mm-hmm. corn is a huge uh, agriculture crop in America, uh, corn syrup and sugar and, and, yes. and wheat and all that kind of stuff. So that became what, what it was. And only in the last 10 or 15 years has this old guy who said we were eating too much sugars theory come back on the table and is now being proven to have been correct that the reason we're not just about obesity but about brain disease and yes and all, all inflammatory diseases yes. inflammatory diseases yes. to the point where they're starting to say sugar is as bad for you as nearly nicotine and cigarettes and everything and we're going to be in a, in a future with sugar as health warnings and we're starting to get taxation on sugary soft drinks finally yeah it's um, coming it's, it's scary the way that was allowed to happen. From my point of view, I, after doing the documentary, just for listeners, I, I was probably about 97 kilos, and Donald O'Neill, the maker of the movie, put me on a high-fat diet. Of course, the problem with being on a high-fat diet is fat. This, the, the term fat it's, I think it's a wrong name yeah, in the first place. Yeah, I think so anyone completely. in the business listening, you need to rebrand <laughs> the term fat. They put me on a high-fat diet, which was easy. I, you know, I just changed what I ate, so I ate you know, lots of almonds and macadamia nuts and mm-hmm. peanuts and I had mm-hmm. bacon and cheese and I mean mm-hmm. it was easy when I say high fat that doesn't mean you can go and order six big macs at McDonald's it's, high, it's natural fats good natural quality fatty fats. food exactly cutting out soft drinks cutting out beer mm-hmm. which I, I mean that was hard for me I, my beer consumption is down by 90% but a very interesting thing happened I lost and I was working out every day but I had been working out for a year before that and I hadn't lost any weight yes. and suddenly I started losing one kilo every month for 10 straight months. And I was, I was bowled over by this. And I wasn't portion controlling. Yes. And occasionally I'd go out and have pasta. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going all paleo and quacky on it. But I was fascinated. I lost, I went from, you know, 97 down to 86 kilos. And I'm like feeling better for it. And it was easy. But I think what's important for you to say as well, how your health index, you did the test, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I that. did all my blood work. And my blood work, you know, things like my booze, my booze number, which was, eight, eight, you know, ATLs, which are liver function. I used to drink a lot of beer. I changed to vodka and soda. And that was below 50 for the first time. I was getting, it's supposed to be under 50 and I got 49. It's, I was regularly getting 145. Yes. And my, you know, everyone said I was going to get cholesterol problems but mm-hmm. I didn't and triglycerides are another key thing so I mean I'm not really fully up to speed in it but the key markers 
key markers of inflammation and key markers that my cholesterol was fine. So even though I ate, I mean, you know, 25 eggs a week, including yellow and white bits of the egg. So the doctors who were monitoring me were just like all over. They didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. They thought it was stupid. And a lot of doctors still do believe it's stupid. The idea being that we don't, we limit carbohydrate in our system, right? Yes. Well, you, you made a very good two points there. A, we often say in nutrition that there is no... No amount of exercise will make you healthier unless you change your diet. So yeah. unless you change your diet, you can exercise every day for many hours a day and you still eat very bad food, you won't become healthier. So that's really important for people to realize mm. that you have to, it's a lifestyle. It's not yeah. just, you can't just pick and choose mm. certain parts of your lifestyle and go, you know, go, I'll go with exercise and I'll eat really bad. So it doesn't really matter. It does matter. So it's so many aspects of that will affect our health so it's a you know diet eating healthier exercising regularly sleeping well hydrating your body so um, breathing fresh healthy air and yeah. um, stress control they're all yeah. aspects of being healthy you know our healthy is a complex subject but it is very rewarding and mm. as you pointed out once you start doing it it does give you results yeah. and that the way you did it which is the healthy way and i'm not a fan of any quick uh, diets yeah. where you know you lose your you know 10 kilos in a month and yeah. voila body's very smart it will do that for you but mainly it will lose the water but then the metabolic rate starts slowing down and people will say to you oh i drank a glass of water and i gained weight that's because you haven't really done much in terms of changing your lifestyle mm. uh, so it's really important to do this in a package and then you can see the changes and the healthy way of losing weight which happened to you and once you lose that weight it never comes back which no, is really I, I, I look, I mean, amazing that's what isn't it me most. I mean I, I could go and spend a month in Dublin binge drinking and eating every night and I'd be worried oh I'm going to pile on the kilo mm. I might put a couple of kilos on but they fall off quickly fall off yeah, once you go yeah, back yeah. to that healthy lifestyle and that's mm. really important and that's how explain we, why this is happening to me. Explain what is happening to my body about this cutting out the sugar and carbs and instead focusing on burning fat. Explain how that works to people. Of course. First of all, at the very start, when you start explaining what you did, you increase the fat intake. And as we said both, the fat has really bad reputation. We should rebrand it into, I don't know, something yeah. health. You'll think of that. I'm sure yeah. that's your job. <laughs> slim. <laughs> slim, yeah. I'm on a slim diet. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Fat is an essential part of us, and if we don't consume fat, we become very sick. I mean, our brain is fat, uh, and we cannot function. And if we do stop eating fat, we'll become not only unhealthier, we'll become stupider. So we can't, you know, really... If we don't uh, eat fat. Yeah, exactly. Our but explain function. why we become so, stupider if we don't yeah, eat fat. That's so it. in your case, uh, you know, because, and you very well explained what happens in the 60s, you really had these two schools of thoughts, you know, what's healthier for us? Is it, ha is it fat or is it uh, grains? But nobody talked about sugar content of the grains. It's just grain in general, you know, whole grain, all these minerals we get from them. They're really important because of the fiber intake. They prevent colon cancer, cardiovascular diseases. So they really, you know, had all these facts. And on the side, the fat is such a bad word. It clogs the arteries. It creates so many health problems. So, you know, it's a bad thing. And we take fat out of everything. So what we did in years to come and in decades to come, we in increased the grain intake. So grain was part of everything from breakfast, lunch and dinner and it was part of adding to the foods because um, grain is very cheap addition to the anything so any processed food any 
food that you find in the shelves of supermarket has some form of a sugar. So you mentioned uh, corn, soya is on the same level. So it's cheap production. It's massively produced. It's genetically genetically modified, um, which is another uh, subject. subject completely. Jury's still out there. Well, and not uh, in your mind. Not in my mind yeah. at all. I think that's that's subject for another <laughs> sit down okay. with you exactly. Um, so what happened is we were adding this sugar constantly without even realizing. You know, you, you have this corn uh, pr- uh, sugar which mm-hmm. is now everywhere. And, it, and explain why people should never buy anything in the supermarket that's low fat. Well, as exactly, I, I was going there. So we were consuming more grains, less fat, and fat is like this bad word, bad guy. So more. Uh, fat the worst for us so we're taking fat out so if you take fat out of the let's say butter or milk or cheese it becomes very unpalatable so you have to add something to create a taste of the product so what we did i mean what industry did added sugar into it to make it more palatable so when you bite into that cheese or you drank that Mm. milk you go "Mm, it tastes good i'm going to consume it and i'm going to consume more and more sugar on the other hand is addictive so it makes you, it craves you eat more. I mean, yeah. sugar is eight times more addictive than cocaine. Right. So it really is a drug, right. equals to drug. I mean, and more you consume, the, the, the worse you get. So mm-hmm. you go back, oh, you think of that really nice thought of a new bite into that chips or that crisp or that chocolate oh, or biscuit, yeah. that effect it had on your brain mm-hmm. made you that lovely addictive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. creates the addictive behavior. And you want and you crave more. Mm. And that's what we're creating now. I've seen now, I'm seeing now it's first hand generation of kids who are hooked on sugar addicts. Mm. And it's really hard because it's everywhere. It's in everything you touch, there's sugar as a very cheap preservative. Less fat. If we did the opposite thing, if we created more fat, healthy fat, which generation of our ancestors lived on and that's why they were healthier comparing to us i mean we're the first generation of parents talking about myself where our children are sicker than us and that never ever happened in mm. evolution of a human yeah. race it's very scary well he made the point to me that when we when the 50s particularly say in ireland or in, in, in america there, there was a or England, there was a cooked breakfast right so you had you know working men or, exactly we're going out to and usually was men uh, we're going out to work in a, in a factory fields, or, or fields, fields, fields or whatever, yes. and they would need sustenance. So exactly. breakfast, when everyone goes on about breakfast being the most important meal, I don't really believe that, but anyway, because I've gone without breakfast for much of my life. But for those guys, and they used to have, you know, kippers or bacon or yes. eggs, yes. and it was with tea and maybe yes. a bit of toast, right? So the exactly. only real sugar was the toast, okay, which was covered in full-fat butter. Mm-hmm. The stuff was fried in oil, um, probably not great oil, but you know it was fried. Then orange juice started creeping in. Mm-hmm. Then marmalades. Then no cooked meal because people were in a hurry. Mm-hmm. So then we were having tea with sugar in it usually, or coffee with sugar. Orange juice, which is full of sugar. Toast, which was full of sugar, with marmalade full of sugar and jam full of sugar. And cereals then came along, which were full of sugar. With me- so the point is that before we even begin a day we've now got more sugar than we even should have inside our bodies we're not to mind what happens at lunchtime and dinner right correct and so the idea being that you know when and it might be useful for people just for me quickly to go through what i started to eat so i started to eat eggs in the morning again and bacon mm-hmm. i didn't eat any toast tea i ate peanuts as much as i wanted almonds pistachios hazelnut Coconut water instead of soft drinks, ordinary water instead of soft drinks, full fat milk, but not drink it, put it in your coffee and tea, full fat butter, 
and then steaks and if I'm having a burger don't have a bun with it have as much cheese as you want avocado obviously salads and rabbit food and tomatoes and all that kind of stuff that we all know is good for us but within that kind of diet I can perfectly operate and it's Absolutely. actually tasty and I enjoy it and it's not that difficult to keep to no, not the harder all. things where I had to cut out potatoes I'm Irish I had to cut out my beer drinking so I went from 100 to nine to 10 on my beers dropped 90% of that I still drink as much wine as I want I still drink as much vodka and soda as I want I cut out my Jack Daniels and Coke but that's just a quick framework that I did which was not scientific in terms of its portioning and it worked for me and I mean I think it's working for other friends of mine who I've put on it so. basically what you've described is this paleolithic or kind of a stone age diet which again are, that's the diet our ancestors ate before the industrial revolution before the grains came in yeah. before we started really eating but it's, I, mean, I know people who are on paleo and that just freaks me out because they're so it's like that's so quacky yes and they're it's, it's actually very expensive because they're buying fresh food fish and it's expensive I mean I'm eating peanut butter and I mean I'm like the, still the same slobby guy and I'm eating the same slobby crap but it's like better for me sloppy crap and I'm losing weight as a result not putting it on of course I think that's when you go back to your point about the children there's always going to be a tiny percentage of people who will go to nutritionists and who will treat their body as a temple but what we're talking about here is the great unwashed Mm -hmm. who think it's too hard who are afraid who couldn't be arsed you know those sorts of people is how we is, is where we get the real change right Correct, and as you said, they can't be, you know, they don't want to make an effort. That's again back to personal responsibility and how yeah. much effort you want to put in, 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 in aim to gain better health. You've changed type of food it is. It's not about yeah. the quantity, it's the quality of food we ate, so you eat. And what you did is you turn into more quality protein, which you now consume. You eat more vegetables than you ever consume. You don't take grains in any form or you very take it very little and occasionally and when you do you enjoy it you know food should be enjoyable process and i don't like when people beat themselves over it yeah, because that's contradictory that. you know you should enjoy a glass of wine you should drink you should really take a pleasure in mm. you know food food is very pleasurable and i'm really sorry that for that we're turning into these as you said people becoming obsessive about it that's really mm-hmm. wrong because mm-hmm. the other side of the medal and that's not good again we're giving wrong examples to our kids yeah. behind all these industries crafts coca-cola pepsi the big names are like these very very high-tech laboratories who are you know they test all these foods mm-hmm. in order to first to make us to make us more addictive adding more sugar or forms of sugar so it's not anymore like if you turn the pack of uh, crisps and you look at the ingredients and see oh the first uh, would be sugar it would be maltodextrin it would be sucrose uh, saccharose all these forms of sugar that we don't understand what it means when my clients ask me so how will I know what really is inside it's like well if you don't understand don't buy it if it doesn't you know read foods that you understand that means it's really some chemical form of sugar or some additive that you don't want to be part of your body so i've worked for i've worked for nestle i've worked for procter and gamble i've worked for Kraft. i've worked for coca-cola company i've worked for snack foods companies i've worked for cereal makers and i can tell you that there's no evil machinations that i've seen there's just everyday folks like you and me who at the back of their mind now can't ignore the fact that what they're making is bad for us there's brands that become the epicenter poster children coca-cola becomes the poster child for badness and sugar uh, and is doing 
is, is at least addressing it and is not afraid to talk about it and is talking about reducing portion size and is getting McDonald's are the epicenter of fast food and you know they have tried to bring apples and stuff onto the menu as a kind of but this is like cigarette companies trying to get away with it for as long as possible why can't a company like Kraft or I mean Indira Noy in, in uh, Pepsi is somebody who's very charismatic and quite inspirational and is again not afraid as the CEO to speak up and say yes we have a lot of products in Frito-Lay and Pepsi and all mm-hmm. this stuff that's really 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 bad for people and we're we're working on it. What can they do? Because as soon as Pepsi stops selling Pepsi, Coke gets 89, 90% of the market. Yeah, it's a competitive market, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you, you're well aware of that. They'll do very little because they won't gain money. It's about money and you know power in the business. And if they become healthier, they certainly lose to these big names. So all, all of them, all of these that you named, they all do little sections of like, oh, let's do the good stuff. You know, they'll sponsor marathons they do this and that but in, in a big picture they're poisoning us mm-hmm. and really it's up to us back to the personal responsibility is to be aware of when we do drink that coca-cola or pepsi when we take that burger mm-hmm. what are we doing to our body because they won't change full mm-hmm. stop so from for, they haven't changed in the past they won't change in the future but the the, the, the companies if they collectively agreed to say we've got to fix this it's, it seems to be the only way that we're going to really get some change of course, and I mean, there's so, there, there's so much being done, and I mean, even Michelle Obama addressed the CEOs of these companies recently, and they have this promise that they're going to reduce the amount of sugar in their food. So there, there's progress. It's not like we're standing in the same place like we were 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Uh, however, um, I think we're back to that in terms of quality, because they're mass producers, so they can't produce amount of food or amount of produce that will satisfy the mass market with the quality ingredients. Mm-hmm. It will be more expensive, of course, and won't be affordable. So mm-hmm. in that respect, they cannot put the you know expensive ingredients in that type of a food. So it's up but to then us. You, then you, which has been rumored and rumbled about, you tax the shit out of Absolutely. sugar. Absolutely, which is happening yeah. now, as you said. You know, you have Jamie Oliver, who has succeeded in yeah. doing mm-hmm. that, and now uh, the England, England, in England Parliament has voted... Yeah. Uh, for uh, sugar, uh, sugar tax. taxation which is fantastic yeah. so at least when you buy that Coca-Cola when you buy those chewing gums or you buy the packet of those crisps you are aware yeah. that you tax for right reasons so you know it's, it's your responsibility it's not mm-hmm. responsibility of CEO of Coca-Cola you're taking that responsibility by buying that produce and consuming it so you can't point fingers at Coca-Cola and say you know what you cause my obesity no it's you you personally chose mm-hmm. that so mm-hmm. a personal choices which we're making every day and, you know, it's not about having Coca-Cola today or having burger today. It's a cumulative effect. So you're mm-hmm. having this every day in some form. You have Coca-Cola, you have crisps, the fast food. So you don't take responsibility over your health. So it's not fair, even though I'm not in favor of any of these companies, to point fingers. Of course, they can do so much and they can, uh, they can work on educating and, you know, awareness, raising awareness. But it's really come back to us and how much are we willing to... Pay attention As to Tom our health. said, raising awareness is another form of doing nothing. Yes. But, uh, I mean, what, it's, what's interesting with the Obama, Michelle Obama situation with the school dinners is apparently it's not working. I mean, it's, no. kids are just refusing to eat it. Yeah, because and so the they're snack bought, the snack, their parents are giving them money to buy yep. chips and Coca-Cola from the snack machines that are in. Again, or bring them into school. That's what I kept saying to you. It's like, like responsibility on, on, on parents' side and... 
educational system is doing can do so much. But if I, as a parent, not willing to put the effort into educating my child and giving the right example, I can't expect that to happen. That the school won't change, the system won't change that child. So it's really back back to the family, the roots. So just to finish, one of the things I think I'd like to ask you is a lot of, I would imagine a lot of the people who listen to my podcast are, I think they're overweight, are probably cynical, mm-hmm. uh, don't want to get into the whole paleo thing, uh, want to enjoy drinking and some of their vices. What three or four or five easy things would you recommend to someone like me or... Or, or a girl who's who's you know still still wants to do it still wants to enjoy guilty pleasures but wants to also lose some weight. A few very simple advices: cut the grains, no bread, no pasta, no risottos, no potatoes. Okay. Basically, that's a sugar out completely. Right. So do have occasional treat. I mean, have your chocolate souffle but when you do have a chocolate souffle, have a dark chocolate souffle because you know dark chocolate has antioxidant. And has the minerals, so... If I want to have cheese and crackers, can I have crackers? No. Again, no. you have your cheese and you have your olives because they're a source no. of essential fatty okay. acids. Uh, and you have vegetables, so you can have okay. carrot sticks, you can have cucumbers, you can have salad of any form. I'm getting boring here. People will be glazing over. Okay, so we're, we're, going, to, okay, bake, uh, we're going to assume bread and pasta. Let's take that out. Okay, let's and then that. from boozing point of view... Beer out. Dark uh, colored alcohol because it's higher in sugar, so there's yeah. higher glycemic, glycemic index there. So the, if you're having spirits, don't mix with uh, tonic, tonic water, so go for sparkling water. No, absolutely not. So sparkling okay. water, still water is okay. Adding lemon or lime is okay. absolutely so, okay. So far we've got no bread, no pasta, no yes. potatoes. Cut down on beer consumption. Can we drink wine? Yes, we can. Red better drink than red white. Better than white because of the health properties. Okay, and if we're and no Coca Cola, so not even in mixers. No Absolutely. Red Bull. No, none no. of that. Okay, so you're going to mix your spirits, mix it with fizzy water. Yes, we can put lime and lemon in that. Yes, we can. Okay, no chips. No, as, no. So if you're having your drinks, have that with some olives, some nuts, okay, salted nuts, nuts. All nuts are okay. All nuts are okay. Absolutely. Okay, and what about sort of for meals? Okay, so we're, if you're talking about... Again, make it I simple want... for the fatties. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wouldn't like to call them that way. No, no, no. Uh, I, I can. Then. Okay. It's my, they're my listeners. You're entitled to. Uh, I would go good quality protein. Right, so pump, you explain what you mean now. I'm thinking of a good steak, good... Burgers. A good burger. But no bun. No bun. So can we have again, cheese and bacon on it? Yes, you can. Okay, it's good Healthy one. fats. Olive oil would be the right. number one. Uh, coconut oil to cook on yeah, because it's again, the hardest. Straying into glazing over it. Okay. So I'm just trying to make them. Tuna. Okay, tuna. Cans of tuna. Ideally not. Fresh fish okay, is the better. But okay if it's canned. Of course. Go to yeah. Chicken is okay. <laughs> okay, you got me there. Chicken is okay. So our eggs, ideally go for the free range one or organic right. if you can afford. Okay. Cheese is okay. Cheese. Okay. More, the harder cheese, the better because it's fermented and easier to digest. Okay. Uh, and cheese is okay to have in breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or snacks with those alcoholic drinks you mentioned earlier. So eggs, your breakfast, eggs and bacon, eggs and cheese. Again, I would like more of a salad attitude. So if you can add salad, better for you because you have all the vitamins and minerals. And do a bit of exercise when you can. You should be yeah. moving. So we have right there a non-diet, a change of what we eat. And finally, for parents of younger kids... 
three things to help them get over this hump of the kid using the food. How can we do that better? Well, we said at the beginning, uh, go with your personal example. So very important. Go Kids eat what you eat. Absolutely. Right. So it's very and the second important. thing you said was to try and show them where it came from, right? Yes, educate them. them out of, the yes. So I always say to the parents, go shopping with children. Uh, let them know, particularly if you, if you can go to those... Uh, markets so the children uh, you know meet the food producers so it's very important and then work with schools get the schools to create better food choices for your children because that's possible nowadays really in any school healthy food doesn't equal expensive food we can all eat healthy in our budget so just adapt to the budget you have and choose the healthier possible food you can afford for yourself and your family. Shawnee B is uh, one of the skeptics uh, in this whole area. I wanted to do a show about the food that we eat. That was a great one from Amala O'Reilly, the top nutritionist in the Balkans based in Sarajevo. I presume people can send an email to you at some point if they wanted to. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll have an email for Amala in the blurb if you want to clarify anything that she said. My view is, uh, from a personal experience, that it is doable, and uh, I'm, I'm a testament to that, and it doesn't need to be that hard. Uh, I've, we've covered the ground today on the stuff you can eat without going into, into I'm constantly on a diet. I'm particularly talking to, about men here, because women spend an awful lot of their time in diet mode, but men tend to just forget it. I'm particularly talking about men in their 40s. So guys, any of you listening, uh, I, I can thoroughly recommend the foods that were talked about today. Try them for a couple of months and I bet you'll see the weight fall off. Amla Wright, thank you very much for being on a pint with Shawnee Beat. By the way, we didn't have a pint of beer today. We had a pint of water. <laughs> good, very good point. Thank, thank you, you and it was a pleasure. Bye.